Welcome to the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Ecos. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to University of Adversity. It's a pleasure to be here today with you guys, as always. If you're new to the show, welcome. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. Uh, today's conversation goes a bit deeper than some, so it does get emotional. So if you guys aren't really in that headspace, maybe this one isn't the episode to listen to today, but it's definitely inspiring, this gentleman's story and what we talk about and where this goes. So his name is Tom Corner, and prepare you for uh, a deep, meaningful conversation. So enjoy Tom Corner coming right up. Tom, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for joining us. Lance, it's, a, it's an honor to be here. Thank you very much. I look forward to our dialogue. Who knows what we're going to talk about? Absolutely. And that's, that's, the, fun, that's the fun of it, right? Um, we're, we're kind of on similar paths. You know, being able to constantly be learning and helping other people with their mindset and just a lot of different things is that just that general awareness to help people. And I'm really excited to dive into your story. And for those of you, those that don't know about you, maybe just give us a little bit of a background and kind of fill in the gaps for us of kind of how you got to where you are today. Yes. So I am, I live in the United States outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I grew up in this area. I spent time living out West for a number of years. I'm married. I have three amazing daughters who I consider my greatest teachers. And when you really listen to your kids, listen to what they say, it's amazing how, <laughs> how enlightened our kids are. And so I am on, as, as you are, Lance, like I said, we, we share a very similar story. Uh, I'm on a personal journey to, to find out why, what's, yeah. What's really, what's the point of it all? And how do you, how do you understand struggle, which is adversity, right? What, what does that mean? And so I have published six, uh, excuse me, five books. I'm working on my sixth book now. I started out publishing children's books and this was about five years ago. My latest two books um, is my personal memoir entitled Borrowed Eyes and Feet. Finding Enlightenment After Rage, which we can get into. And this is the, this, the subtitle of it is, is my year of enlightenment. I carried, uh, I'm listening to your interviews about your life. It's so parallel, right? And what's great about this is I, I, I see this as, as a, a great coming out of, of people, of men being able to say, you know what, uh, to to express what they feel is vulnerability, which is love, but is really truly our strength, right? So, right. so I started publishing books, my first children's book, because I have three kids, and I my story is worse than someone else's. My story is not nearly as difficult as another's. Everybody has their story, but I I had a tough time growing up. I carried a lot of anger, and raising kids. I didn't want them to experience the same thing that I experienced. I did not enjoy my childhood and I, it, it was in a way wasted. Now I consider that also 
a, a that was part of my learning so that I could share it with other people so they don't have to suffer through that adversity or struggling. But I wrote books for my kids so that they can learn how to find self-acceptance, how to find approval of themselves. Because if you can't approve yourself of yourself and love yourself, I'm a living example and I'm still trying every day, Lance, if you, you can't accept anybody else. Mm. And uh, it, it's fascinating. So the children's books, Lance, they're life lessons. They're really for adults. They're, they're short to the point. They're illustrated. The first one, and I've heard you talk about this, the first one's about goal settings. And it's called List for Santa, List for Life. The other one's about affirmations, positive thoughts, positive life is the second one. And the, and the third one is life is fine when you're aligned. It, it continues the, the affirmation theme, but it also focuses on how do you interpret adversity in your life? Do you see it as the world's going to end and I'm going to die and it's awful? Or do you see it as a teacher? And so that was my path. And I then published two memoirs. First one was my wife's memoir. And, and, and you can relate to this and most listeners can relate to this and it's scary, but my wife was diagnosed with stage four non-Hodgkin lymphoma when we lived in Arizona around Christmas time of 2003. And, and, and I wrote the book to honor her triumph over it and to help people approach it, not from fear or anger, but from love and that, to know that they can ask questions of, of medical professionals who spent their entire lives learning about human anatomy, but we're all different. And we may be intimidated to question a highly qualified medical professional's opinion, but you have to, especially when your life's on the line, you, there's no other choice. So hers was a adversity on the physical level. Mine, barred eyes and feet, finding enlightenment after rage is a, uh, is more a, mindset or the adversity I faced and I still continue to face. I'm always learning um, on the mindset level. And that's, that's my memoir. And mm. it's awesome because there's so many people that are coming out and saying, Hey, you know what? I'm not going to hide behind my bravado. Uh, I'm not going to hide behind me being tougher than you or trying to really, you know, say I could beat you up right? <laughs> yeah. That yeah shows, seriously. It's like, oh, I could beat you up. That's, that's the <laughs> program. Like my dad could beat your dad up. Okay. Exactly. Right. That's just, that's just, that's just silly. And you know what? I learned a lot of that from my kids. So that, that's my long answer to your question, but that's it. And there's a, again, like I said, there's, I think there's a lot of parallels between our paths and, and, and the people you've had on because it's amazing. Uh, their stories, I'm just blown away. I'm, wow, that's me. That sounds just like me. And and they face. We're all facing different fears and struggles, and and we really all rise to the top. It's just you know what? It's our perspective of that. I don't believe I've risen to the top, and I still feel that I'm struggling. But that's not true. Other people say, "Holy Toledo, you did this and that." It's it's perspective. Yeah. So what was the shift that made you? So, okay, hold on. So you were, you had a tough upbringing and kind of what, walk us through, you know, your young adult life and kind of what you're up to. 
because I, I, I'm curious to know before you had kids, because I'm guessing that was a huge turning point in your transformation of how you looked at things. Or was it before that? Well, you know, uh, this has been ongoing, Lance, yeah. for three decades. Right. I've, you, you've had guests and you talk about, you talk about Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar, you talk about Tony Robbins, you talk about Think and Grow Rich, and absolutely. It's so amazing and empowering, but it's also so hard for us to understand that as, as human beings because mm. all of that is mindset, it's thoughts, and um, we, we carve our own path, whether we know it or not, but we also believe that we're, we can't change it, right? Yeah. Um, I'm born and I, I inherit these traits. I was raised this way. I can't change it. And that's the challenge of being human is because our ego and our, our, our mind says, well, it's kept me safe all along. No matter how awful it might be, I'm just going to repeat that to keep yeah. me safe. So barred eyes and feet opens up and, and, and the meaning of it, Lance, came to me in a meditation. That's another thing you talk about. It came to me in a meditation, and I wanted it to be the title. I open it up talking about the symbolism of eyes and feet. I let the reader f interpret what that means to them. For me, it means something. Actually, it changes every time I think about it, right? And But it opens up with <laughs> I, I'm in a deep meditation, and I, I visualize my suicide. And I see myself killing myself because I decided that a life of anger was no longer a life of worth living. And so I only had two choices, right? I had, I could either have left and actually committed suicide, or I could have done a complete 180 and stepped into the headwinds of fear and anger and doubt and hatred and and, you know, I, I still get choked up talking about it because it, it's hard, man, because mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're trying to, to understand why I'm the way I am. And, and I know there's another way, but I decided to go towards love. And, and that's the vulnerability, right? People are afraid to say, hey, Lance, I love you, man, because uh, that's, not, that's not what guys do, mm -hmm. right? But love is our strength. And I see it in, in when I work out, I've never been stronger in my life. And I listen to Eckhart Tolle and Abraham Hicks when I'm lifting weights and running, not the music. I, I still listen to the music I used to, but holy Toledo, my focus is amazing because I'm listening to all this positive energy. So I'm, going in so many different directions because it's just so amazing to me. So that's how I open my book. And it, it captures Lance in chronological order events that happened in that year, 2016, my year of enlightenment. And I reflect back on my childhood because I wanted to understand why I reacted the way I did to so many different situations and people. And it was all out of anger and fear. And I boil it down to my parents' divorce when I was about six, right? And really, my parents are, my dad just turned 85, my mom's 83. They're like best friends today. But 
from a from the mindset and when you talk about the ego and just okay I, i'm going the ego just all it knows is black and white i'm going to i'm going to fight and kill you or i'm going to run away and survive right and so to me and i had no basis for this i just thought this was the case and it's and it is but as a young child the only i can't fend for myself right i can't just go out and get a job at six years old and and survive i need the support of a family structure my parents got divorced and it was okay like i said they're like best friends today but what happened was it's understanding that they had to rebuild their lives and their priorities shifted and it it not it wasn't that it wasn't any longer me and my brothers it was well i've got to be able to provide for you guys and when parent, when women get divorced in the 70s they don't go out and get a job that's not the way it was you couldn't go out and get a job your place unfortunately was in the home yeah right and you just can't so you have to find a way she had my mother had to find a way to provide for me and my older brother i have two other brothers that grew up with my dad and they did but what happened lance adult figureheads enter my life in in the form of step parents Mm-hmm. And they could not ex- they, they could not accept me or my brothers, right? And so that's where I had to put up a wall to protect myself because I, as a kid, I'm like, I want your love, I need your love, help me out. And and an, an adult comes in and says, No, get out of here. You're in a you're in the way. You're yeah. a pain. Yes, not. I was just acting up because I was a kid at six. I needed a, I I needed love and attention. But an adult says, no, you're a pain in the ass because uh, you're, you're in the way. My dad got remarried and then he got divorced and he got remarried to his third wife, who he's still married to today, who's, who's awesome. But I never let her in because I shut her out because I put up a wall because I couldn't get the love that I wanted. Subconsciously, my ego said, well, you know what? You guys are screwing this up. I'm just going to keep myself safe. No matter how many I love yous and support they gave me, I didn't let it in because my mind was saying, well, they're going to abandon me again. That love's not going to be there. You have no idea about that. Human, the human mind, most people have no clue about that, Lance, mm. um, until you get to a point where, where the, as Tony Robbins would say, real change is when the pain of remaining the same exceeds the pain yeah. of change. Now, the other part is too, if you change, you have to also be in the right mindset in order for it to really be effective. So that's what I traced it to is, is, is my youth. And it wasn't awful. I, I had my parents around me, but subconsciously, my mind, it was in survival mode. And if you're not aware of it and people wonder like, why, why am I acting this way? Why, why does my life turn out this way? It's based on really how we were raised. And then, so now I look back and I see my stepfather who I, who his way of expressing love was to throw $50 at you. That was it. No hugs. No, I love you. But now I understand why, because that's the way he was raised. Right? So if you don't understand the perspective, if you don't understand somebody else's background, the only way he could express love, he did it the best way he could. Mm. And 
for me, it just didn't make sense because it wasn't the, Hey, you know what? You're, you're not in the way you're, you're awesome. And, and so the, the, my mind was put up this wall. Yeah. So what happened then I shut them, I shut everything out. Now I'm in high school and I start cutting and I start cutting myself with razors and, and you name it, burning myself with cigarettes and I'm self mutilating. And then I get into college and I add alcohol to the mix and that's just fuel for the fire. It's, and, uh, I didn't, I don't even go into that in my book, Lance, because I consider that a BS excuse for anything. Mm. And so I walked away from drinking and I've, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's so empowering. Um, but I, I went through all this struggle. And so I wrote my book because I carry these scars on my chest and my arms and my wrists. I used to carry it out of shame because I was embarrassed by it. And you know, there's 2 million or so people in the United States that cut every year. And they probably don't know that there's anybody that they could actually talk to to say, you know what, I'm doing this without judging them without trying to save their life or tell them they should do something different, but someone that'll just say, I get it. I know how you feel. You know what? It sucks, but there's also another way. And, and that's what's, that's the vulnerability. I put a good friend I went to college with said, you're going to put all that out there in the book. You're going to open everything up. I said, yeah, I have nothing to lose. I yeah. hid behind a wall of anger for so long. So that's so not, not in a nutshell, but that's the beginning of the journey. Yeah. How, <laughs> how did, so how has the, sharing your story helped you heal? Has that, have you noticed that once you've been able to tell it that oh, you've yeah. actually had healing from it? Oh yeah, absolutely. It, it, and it, and it's, it's interesting. It started when I wrote my wife's memoir because I was more afraid of cancer than she was. Yeah. And, and I wrote it to honor her and honor anybody who's been affected by it. And there's millions of people that have been. Yeah. And I didn't realize it at the time, Lance, but it was very cathartic for me. It was a way for me to release and accept it. Yeah. And so then I lead to my, my book and because I, because the mindset is I hid behind I'm not weak. I'm not, I'm not scared. I'm not angry. I can't talk about that. That's the mindset, especially in our culture. I can't talk about that as a guy. And so I just carry all of this with me. And I decided now there are other things that contributed to this. It didn't just, that was it. And I wrote it. I, for 20, 30 years, had Automobile University with Zig Ziglar and Jim Rohn and all these awesome people talking to me, Wayne Dyer, Louise Hay, Eckhart Tolle. And I've been working with, a, I'll call her a life coach for five years, who's, who's been amazing. And I meditate and I recite affirmations to myself probably, I don't know, a thousand, two thousand times a day. I've trained myself to recite affirmations. Wow. And so I got to a point where I captured in my book, I had a great career. I was making great money. I was doing everything that you're supposed to do. And I was dead. I was dead inside. I was so lost. 
And that's when I decided I, I need to figure out my why and understand how I can find comfort with who I am and accept myself as an individual. So yes, to answer your question, it's, I've been doing this through my, through writing, through interviews, podcast interviews, and writing my book has been, uh, has been amazing. Yeah. It's, it's very therapeutic when you can share your story. It feels good because at first it's, it's kind of like, Oh wow, people are going to know about me. And it's almost like, cause we're, cause we're programmed to think that telling a story is weakness. Right. Yep. And you know, my, my dad, I lost him to cancer and all he worried about was getting cancer. And then what did he end up getting? And right. you know, you can do all the stuff you can, you can, you can eat all the good diet. You can do all this stuff. But if you're constantly in worry and, and I don't know what was going on in his mind, but obviously something that manifested into it, it's not, I don't believe cancer just comes accidentally. I believe it's, it's something that has to do with years of some sort of energy that's not channeled in the right way. You know, I mean, I don't know. And I think that in order to be able to move forward, you got to be able to take that energy and, 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 and challenge it. If you have having problems, you got to be able to share it. And I think being able to have platforms like this or books yes. or whatever you have, that's, it's a healing tool for us, you know? And we're human beings and we're meant to connect. And there's a lot of disconnection these days. You know, we're connected, but we're disconnected at the same time. So I think being able to share your story and being able to be vulnerable, and we've talked about vulnerability quite a bit lately, and how important that is for other people to be able to come and realize that it's okay. It's okay. We've all had, we've had, we've all had crazy ass stories. It's, it's insane how many people have fucked up stories, man. Yep. Like, I'm like, I'm like, holy shit. I thought my story was bad. Right. And then, and then you see these people, you, you hear about it and, and not everybody's gone through like, you know, deaths and suicides, but people have their own stories and, and, and that are just as impactful in different ways. But it's, it's fascinating that sometimes it's like, wow, like how is this human being still going right now? And it just, the resilience of us as humans, we forget mm -hmm. how powerful we are. You know, we really do because we just get programmed to think that we're this weakness and we just need these, we got to buy, we got to buy this stuff because we're scared, be scared, fear, fear, fear. So mm -hmm. you need this, but really like we have everything we need to heal ourselves. And I think being able to share like what you're doing and being vulnerable is the, is the highest level of toughness that you can have. You know, yeah. that is toughness, man. Like yeah. being able to say like, Hey, like uh, this is emotional for me. And, and being able to share that, bro, that, that is like where the magic is and that's the healing. And that's what people need more of. Then it's okay to talk about it without, yeah. without being judged. That's, yeah. that's the part is because people will judge. Well, you're, what you're talking about, Lance, we're energetic beings. Yeah. And, and like you said, we're more powerful than we realize because we're very intelligent beings, but at the same time, we're, we're kind of stupid. Oh, we're so, <laughs> because, so because, stupid. And that's so, stupidest speech. <laughs> right. We're so, we're so smart. We're stupid. But that's the title of my book, Eyes and Feet. What are the, I, 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 it came to me in a meditation. My eyes, I don't need my eyes to see. I can sit in meditation with my eyes closed and I can see, and I can see so many more things than I can see with my, with my eyes open. Right. And my feet 
my feet, I could, I could really, because we're energetic beings, if we channel our energy, right. And this is where people dial out and they start tuning out because they don't, they don't believe this stuff, but I, we're energetic beings. If we're able to channel our energy the right way, I don't need my feet to travel. Plus my feet represent the fact that I couldn't move forward in life and get past my fears. Yeah. But we have five senses. Who's to say we don't have more senses than that? We're, our, our energy is limited by, by the limitations of our bodies, but we're, but we don't believe it. We won't believe it until we, until we see it. Right. Yeah. So, you know, Wayne Dyer used to say, well, okay, I'll, I'll, you know, you're going to he titled, he wrote a book called, I'll see it when I believe it. You'll see it when you believe it. And it's so true. Yeah. You were talking about it. Everything that I've done, and he, being on your podcast is because I believed it and I thought it, right? So Abraham Hicks says, I, I think they've said something along the lines of, you know, do all the things that we have, Lance, all the material things that we have create our, our thoughts or do our thoughts create all of these things? It's the thought. It sounds so simple. People just dismiss it, but it's the power of, of the mind. We thought about landing on the moon and we landed on the moon. We thought about what we're, I'm doing with technology with you right now Yeah. at my house yeah. and on a computer and we're talking and we can see each other. Somebody thought about that. Somebody that yeah. built a bridge had to think, I, I see that I walk by things like that all the time. I'm like, somebody had to think of this right. crazy thing. A cra and, it, and it was crazy too, it right? Was. They're all in, the ideas are insane. Yeah. And, is because everybody comes in they say no Lance that's crazy you can't build a bridge you're out of your mind how's it gonna do what it does and just float in the air it's impossible and that's a matter of our determination and our will to say you know what I believe in this so strongly that I'm gonna make it happen and you had a guest on your podcast talking about Kentucky Fried Chicken and Colonel Sanders getting rejected a thousand times yeah. I mean Dr. Seuss got was rejected over and over again and now look at his books yeah and so it's just a matter of of uh perspective it's a matter of and i've always had a hard time dealing with the nose and the rejection because i was looking for the validation that young child was still looking for the validation of my parents when they got divorced and i needed their approval so if i wanted to do something and they were just parents do their best and they want to protect their kids and they say no you can't you probably can't do that because it requires x y and z i interpreted that that i'm not good enough and i can't do it and i'm a failure that was my mindset so for me it was really really hard to handle those no's but i always knew deep down that i was worthy of of more and i could do it i just had to get out of my head so that, that's, you teach people to, to kind of do the impossible, right? Because so many people have the limitation, yeah. right? And what is impossible? I mean, really, where, where's, where's, the, where's the definition? It, that impossible right. is all perspective on what you yeah. think or what has been done, right? Like I try and think about this. I was thinking about this other day and I'm like, okay, what is actually impossible here? Like, look at what's been done. We, we've, we've flown okay. planes. We can yeah. talk to people all over the world on a, a device. We can order food. We can listen to music, take a picture, record. Yeah. Like what, honestly though, 
I mean, not even like a woo-woo perspective here, but like what, like what is impossible? I don't even know the definition. It's such a gray area. And, and I'm realizing it more and more and more as, as you probably do as well. You study these successful people and the successful people are talking about things that are possible. So you want to listen more to them because they're understanding that these are all, it's all mindset. It's all our totally. own limited beliefs, our own stories. We get, we are just a combination of stories from the past that we keep re, we just keep, you know, going over in our head. Yes. It's like, and you talk, and you, yeah, you talk about Eckhart Tolle because I, I heard about him for years and my life coach kept saying, your story is so similar. You, you need to really look, look into him and read his books. And I didn't for the longest time. Yeah. And the end of my book, Bard Eyes and Feet, Finding Enlightenment After Age, I captured that conversation with my life coach. And I went on one of the calls with her. I went out to the store and picked up his book. And, I, and Lance, I opened the book up and I read the first couple couple of paragraphs and I didn't read anymore because he said, I no longer think about my past. And that was all I needed to read because, <laughs> because that's it. Right. So, so going back to childhood, my question was, okay. okay. And, and like I said, I had, had a great career and um, my wife's very patient with me, by the way, because I drive her nuts with, <laughs> with all this. And, and I have three amazing kids and, and my family's always there for me. They've always been there. They've never not been there. That was just my mindset saying no. So I was living, and I'm still, we're all living up to the expectations of someone else, Lance, not our own expectations. We're living up to the expectations of our parents. And this is not, I'm not bashing parents. I'm a parent. And I'm doing the best for my daughters that I know how, Lance. And I know that if they quit, and I tell my daughters, I mean, if you have a question, you want to challenge it, I'm all for it because I only know what I know. And your perspective is so different than mine. Yeah. But so I was living up to the expectations of, okay, I need to live up to the expectations of society, um, of having the, the right career and driving the right car and, and live up to the expectations of what my parents want me to be, live up to the expectations of, of my, what my teachers wanted and my coaches. And if I didn't, I'm a failure. That was my mind saying that. And so until I can accept who I am and be comfortable with who I am and just be, once I do that and accept who I am, Lance, all those expectations don't matter and I can, I can accomplish the impossible. But that's what happens is the impossible comes about because we have all these doubts that have been embedded in our mind and it's not the fault of anybody. It's what they know, but we're fear-based beings. And so my parents tried to protect me. Don't do that. Don't, mm-hmm. don't, don't, don't versus you can do whatever you want, but if you do this, you just might want to watch out if you run on the street, you know, you might get hit by a car. If you put your hand on the stove, you might burn your hand, but you can do it. You can do whatever you want. But so it's, we're all, we're all a don't, you know, Dr. Yeah. Wayne Dyer, everybody says, I, sh- I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I should, I should myself to death. I shouldn't, yeah. I couldn't, I can't. Once you're able to understand that and say, shoot, okay, I was so angry at my parents. I didn't realize it because I still felt that they abandoned me as a child. They didn't. They were there. They've always been there. Most people aren't aware of that. And it's really, really hard. And that's where, that's where Eckert talks about your past, your pain body. Yeah. And so I, I wrote a blog article called hate myself, right? Have you ever been so pissed off? And you're like, freaking hate myself. I'm an idiot. I'm a failure. I'm a loser. And I was participating in a school of awakening and I'm walking my dog through the, the uh, field where I live. And something told me last said, I can't hate myself. 
It's impossible. Now, that's where impossible comes true. It's impossible to hate myself. Mm -hmm. I maybe hate the thoughts I have of myself, of who I am, or who people think I should be. I can't hate myself. It's, it's, I mean, and that sounds crazy, but it's all a mindset. There's no way that you could hate yourself. You could hate the thoughts, the fears. You could hate the expectations that other people have of you. And it leads down the path of misery until you're aware or you you wake up and say, you know what? I can love myself. Mm. So the thing is, this is the thing about adversity is that you had a tough upbringing, but now don't you see it as such a valuable tool for raising your daughters? Totally. <laughs> uh, absolutely. I mean, like, I wish I wish I didn't have it. I wish I didn't go through all that. But if I didn't, Lance, I wouldn't be here talking to you about this. It's it's our, other than my daughter's fear and adversity is is our greatest teacher. Yeah. And it's how we perceive it. And you've said this before. It's how I perceive that that adversity. Is it the end of the world or is it, you know what? I asked for it. I thought something and I asked for it. And it's the universe sending me what I asked for. And if I perceive it as, oh, oh, that's why that happened. I, I, I kind of, I manifested that. That part, that's so true. But most people, Lance, poo-poo it because it sounds crazy, but it's so true. Mm -hmm. And it, something else I wanted to, to share with you too, because we're talking about the mind. Um, and this came about, I went out and, and did some school assemblies for my daughter's school and my niece's school talking about my second book. Right. And, mm. and I was setting up for the event, my computer, my projector, I'm getting ready to see like two, 300 kids to come in and listen to me talk about my children's book. Mm -hmm. Right. And I go in, I set this up, I get everything ready, computer projector, and I kick off the assembly and the projector doesn't work. Right. So of course, and when you experience adversity like that, nobody knows anything's wrong unless you freak out and let them know. So I've, I learned that over the years to just be cool about it. But what happened was your mind, like, what do you say to yourself? <laughs> so my mind was saying, Oh shoot, these kids are all going to laugh at me. Um, this isn't going to work. This is going to be a failure. So what I realized, Lance, and this is the mindset. Have you ever been in a mosh pit at a rock concert? Have yeah, ever, I've, I've been in that, stuck in that, that situation, yes. Is it, is it fun? So think about your mind as a mosh pit, right? The mind processes 50, 60, 70,000 thoughts a day. So those people who have been in a mosh pit understand it. You can watch videos on it. I have a video on my website about it. If, and this was me, and it still is me. If your mindset is predominantly negative, and I'm up there in front of the assembly of these kids, and my, the computer's not working, and all these thoughts of failure start stomping around the mosh pit of my mind. How do you think I'm going to react to it? That it's a failure that it, it um, I shouldn't be here, but I learned over time through recitation of affirmations that eventually these loving thoughts are overpowering the negative thoughts in the mosh pit of my mind. And so if people don't pay attention to the fact that they're processing 50, 60, 70,000 thoughts a day, and if they're predominantly negative, what's their day going to be like? What's their week going to be like? What's their year going to be like? And so I think kids, I mean, anybody could probably relate to that. And if you really, if you, if that adversity strikes you, pay attention to what you're thinking. What's, what's really on your mind. 
because for me it's 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 negative it's death the end of the world failure and then i say well you know what i give my best my best is good enough uh i'm worthy and deserving of the best it sounds corny and weak and stupid but i'm telling you after years of practicing this it's fascinating because i can shift from ornery thoughts and adversity to enlightenment and heaven because it's all it's all in my mind and i chose love and and affirmations to overcome my adversity and and most people just don't really sit down to pay attention to why their day is the way it is it's because of our thoughts yeah i the back to Eckhart Tolle for a sec that was that was the first book that that got me aware of consciousness like at first I was like, what the heck is this book? And I was right. reading it. I remember, but like I was getting a call from, from something cause I was reading these biographies that were super depressing, you know, about rock stars or hockey players or whatever, getting, going through all this hard shit. And it made me feel really down. And I was like, I really want something else that makes me feel yeah. better. So I picked up power of now. I heard Oprah talk about it. I was just, something told me I was in Australia. Something told me to get this book. Yeah. And I took this book, I started reading it and I was just like, I couldn't believe it. I had to reread sentences over, but as soon as I understood being in the now and what that meant is that it all started to make sense. And that was like the real, like, I don't know. Sometimes we need that, that, and, and by all means, was I not awake or anything at that point? But that was the first thing that got me conscious of it. And I, and I started to use this tool at work too, like being in the now, especially in busy, stressful bars, dealing with people Mm -hmm. and understanding what you can control and what you can't control. Yes. You know, your reaction, you can control how you react. That's it. You can't control how anybody treats you. You don't know what's going on in their day. You can't assume things like. (laughs) Right. And as soon as you start to understand that, and you become accountable for your reactions and your feelings. And they're, they're just thoughts a lot of time. And they're just taking you on a ride. And it's like, well, is that serving me right now? Like, what's happening right now? Am I say, like, you know what I mean? Oh, totally. A lot of people Absolutely. can't wrap their head around right now. No. They're like, what do you mean now? No. What no. Do you, you know what I mean? Like, it's. I, no, absolutely. You're so, you're so spot on. And it. I shouldn't say it's not easy, but it's not easy. If you're unconscious and you're not consciously aware, it's you, you're going to have no clue. And there are plenty of people that, that don't and never will. And there's nothing wrong with it. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. But it, I, I believe that again, I'm talking to you because you and I were like, wait a second. This is, yeah. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of the struggling. And that book showed up in your life at the right time. And because the pet, all you it's time doesn't exist and that's crazy time lance time does not exist i know because who was it who the heck was it copernicus i can't remember found out that the world rotated the earth rotated and he created time basically i'm keeping it very very simple yeah but but on mars there was a ted talk about uh uh, the Mars landing and, and people on NASA had to create a Mars watch because Mars, the day in Mars is about 50 minutes long, 50 minutes longer than earth. How is that possible? If, 
if time is, I've got 60 seconds in a minute, 60 minutes in an hour, but how can that not be on Mars? Yeah. Right? I mean, it sounds crazy, but think about time. It's a measurement that we created because we, I mean, time. Yeah. We, we see, we base it on, it goes dark. Yes. So we go down and lie down and then we, we base, that's the thing. And, and I was thinking about this the other day is that what, like, what is actually, there's no pause in anything. It's like we go to sleep. So it yes. feels like we're pausing the world. Like it's shifting into this other day. And because the sun goes away and it becomes dark that it's like this, Oh, it's next, next, but it's all the same. It's all the same time. It's yes. just, we're taking a pause. Our bodies are taking a pause. The world is, there's no difference. And right. I've started to realize it because I was it's thinking crazy. about it the other day. And I was like, what is actually happening? And we base everything on us sleeping and the sun going away and the, and the dark yeah. coming out. And that's a day. That's considered a time. And, and it's like, what? Like, right. And so and, and I, didn't, I was going to publish a blog article, but I'm capturing this in my latest book. And it's called Time is Killing Me. Because if you get in your car and you drive in the morning at 8.30 or 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock rush hour, everybody's angry. They're beeping their horns. They yeah. want let people in. And why? Because time's killing them because they have to be at work on time. If they're not at work on time, what happens? The world's going to end. They're going to get fired. They're going to be in trouble. So they get pissed off and ornery and they won't let the nicest, they could be the nicest person on the planet and they won't let the next nicest person cut in front of them in traffic because time's killing them because time, they're late. They're going to be late. And we act so irrational because, because of time, but it, it's a measurement and we just, we idolize it. And Eckert talks about this. He talked about this in the school of awakening when he was in school and they, they had a question for him. And I can't remember exactly how he phrased it, Lance, but it was something along the lines of, of um, something about the sun setting. And he's like, and he chuckles. He's like, Oh, I was so, I was so not awakened at that point because the sun never sets. The sun never sets to your point. It's just the fact oh, yeah. that the earth rotates. Yeah. The sun's still there. It never sets. Yeah. And when you look at it that way, you're just blown away. But it's so seems to be far-fetched that the more you think about it, the less sense you can make of it. So then you just say, oh, I'm going to go about my day. Because you can't make sense of it. But it's always continual, like you said. <laughs> so okay how how does somebody let's say we're we're somebody's you know i like to think most most people listening on the show are, are kind of that have been along on the journey you guys are kind of awake at this point uh because there's been a lot of these conversations but if somebody's not like what does awake mean and how can what are some simple things that somebody sleeping, so to speak, can kind of practice and be like, become more conscious. Is there some simple tactics that you can give them? Well, or, you know, that's... Or people to follow or people to... Right. So, so in, in the practice of, of trying too hard and trying to fix things, we're, we always try to control. Mm -hmm. If there's somebody who's not awake, I have no advice for them because they're not ready to listen. Mm right? 
I, I, I listened to Wayne Dyer in my car for 20 years and I would get, I would be so angry Lance because he would talk about these amazing things and I would find myself just like, this is bullshit. This doesn't work. This is all bullshit. How can he be all happy and everything's great? And it's, it's all a lie. It's not a lie. I just wasn't ready to receive it. So uh, I don't have any advice for them because when mm -hmm. they're ready, when they're ready, it will happen. And then they'll say, oh, holy Toledo. Like when you got Eckhart Tolle's book, oh, I can't believe I didn't find this sooner. It's just because we're not aligned. We're not ready. Our resistance is so strong and we don't believe it that it's not going to happen. Mm. And I, I, for example, I have a friend who is very anxious and I wanted to help her. And but I knew I was speaking, I was speaking Greek and she was speaking some other language, Spanish. Like we couldn't understand it. And no matter what I would say, it wouldn't resonate with her. I, there's nothing. And I just said, just walk away. She's going to pick up because she's seeing what I'm doing by writing my books and being vulnerable and, and posting blog posts. And I walked away because I knew I could tell, like I could feel her resistance, her doubt in herself and just, you could see it, but no, no matter how hard I would try, it wouldn't work. I walked away and then I posted that blog article, hate myself, question mark. I got a text message from her immediately afterwards. She's like, how do you do it? How do you deal with all the, the sorry, I get choked up. Hey, how do you deal with all this hatred and self doubt? I'm freaking miserable. How do you do that? She was ready right? She's ready because she's suffering. She's ready to be awakened. And so, so sorry, I'm, I, but I don't have any advice for them. Just other than love yourself and, and do your best to accept who you are as a person and love all those, all those people that cross your path, no matter how much it doesn't make sense to you, how much they don't make sense to you. It's because that's their journey. Um, but not until they're ready to be awakened will any of it click for them. Where's the best place for everybody to find you and check out your books and all your content? Yeah. My website, Lance is tomcorner.net. Tom, T-O-M, corner, C-O-R-N-E-R, like a street corner.net. Uh, you can, you'll see, you can check me out on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, my website, you'll see my blog posts. You can get copies of my books. You can see some of the videos I created about the mosh pit of your mind. Uh, but tomcorner.net. And my latest book, again, Borrowed Eyes and Feet, Finding Enlightenment After Rage. And I'm working on my next book, which I don't know when it will be done because it changes every day. But it's about awakening in the workplace, which is a, a very uh, scary topic. Mm -hmm. But there needs to be a, an awakening in the, in the workplace. And there are people out there that are, that have, are starting to do that, like Ray Dalio. Um, and I'm ready from the perspective of a regular guy who has a career, who had a career and saw all the, the stuff behind the scenes and the toxic work environment and people just going to work, not because they love it because they have to, yeah. and that's not the way it's supposed to be. So it's, it's another fascinating journey for me. It's, it's my, it's cathartic. It's therapeutic because I'm, releasing a lot of the resistance I had, but I'm also forgiving. So tomcorner.net. Well, Tom, I really appreciate you coming and sharing, man, because this was 
you know, you, you can really appreciate your authenticity and, you know, that you share when you're speaking, you can, and it's, it's tough, man. It's tough sometimes, you know, because it's an emotional ride we're on, you know, like we're emotional beings. And, and I like that you're touching on the workplace stuff because I feel like there's a lot more connection now with um, a successful business and having to be balanced. And it's not just all about making money and hard, hard work, hard work. Right. And it's got to have that nice, that nice blend, like the Abraham Hicks with the hard work. Right. And and I feel like lots of people are either on one side or the other. We're like, it's nice. It's good. It feels good to work hard, but in a way that's not blocking yourself from the success, (laughs) you know? Right. Well, and that's funny. I don't want to give it away, but I have have (laughs) said, there's so many great things in there. I talk about, success and uh it's 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 awesome i can't wait to share it but you're right it's what does success mean i i there's a chapter in my book that will be titled uh f success yeah and i go back and talk about albert einstein and how he in his eloquence and just in intelligence Mm. in a way basically said f success he just didn't say it that way yeah it's it's but it's it's awesome and um, and that's where I hit a breaking point because I was apparently successful and I was done. Happy, yeah. And like, how do you, how, how do you enjoy it? How, do you really, what does that mean? Do you really enjoy it? If you don't enjoy it, it's not successful. So, and there's yeah. so many people that live their life that way and they don't, they're not aware that there's another way. And that's why you're here and why I'm here. Exactly. No, so true. So our last question before we wrap up is just the, the one I always ask at the end. What is one lesson that adversity has taught you? As I mentioned before, Lance, it's our greatest teacher, and it's about the perspective of, of adversity when it crosses our paths. But it's it's the greatest teacher, and and it it really it keeps us strong. It actually keeps us moving forward and becoming better. Because if there's not adversity, we get stuck in in just the status quo and we don't improve. So adversity is the greatest thing ever because we become better because of adversity. We just don't realize it in that present moment. We think it's most likely interpreted as dread, something awful, but it's the greatest thing. You look at nature, there's adversity in nature and things die off, but they become better and stronger Mm -hmm. just because of that adversity. Yeah. Well said. It's our friend. It's not our enemy. Yeah. Amazing, Tom. I really appreciate it. And again, thank you. Thank you for coming and hanging out with us and sharing. We'll make sure to have all your information in the show notes so everybody can check you out. Great. Thank you, Lance. Thanks for doing what you're doing. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks everybody. Tom Corner, everybody check him out. Thanks very much, everybody. I really appreciate you. And I hope you got value from that. You know, deep conversation. I definitely, I really enjoyed that. And, uh, you know, some of these conversations go deeper than others and that was one of them. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope you have an amazing day. We'll catch you next time. You just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.